Awesome. We are back with another episode of the Lead Up Podcast, where we connect with dope and diverse leaders to learn more about their leadership journey. And so you can level up in your leadership. And before I get to my amazing guest, as always, I want to give a special shout out to Darling New Media uh, for making this production happen. Uh, if I was to be able to be in person, be in person in Midtown, uh, but thankfully we're able to still stream this and do this uh, remote. So shout out to Nate at Darling New Media. Uh, also want to give another special shout out to all the returning listeners. Thank you guys for all the support, uh, for tuning in, watching the videos, listening to the podcast. I love the feedback that I'm getting. And if this is your first time, thank you for tuning in. I uh, appreciate you checking us out. Hopefully this content is valuable. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, so enough about me. Let's get to my guest. I met this uh, dope guest about two years ago into, I think right around as soon as we got into the pandemic and, and COVID through a connection um, at my job. And um, I think quickly I was like, I got to get this guy somehow in front of my college students to talk to them. So I invited him to, to speak uh, to my UC Davis guys and just really enjoyed hearing his story, his journey, all things that he was doing from back home, which he'll share more about and to kind of his journey, how he got to Sacramento and all the amazing things. So uh, just want to give a special Special welcome to Villian Gomez. What's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Um, I know you asked a while ago, hey, when, when I'm going to come on the podcast? I'm like, oh, man, I hate the sound of my voice. But yeah, I realized, yeah, this is just, it's a conversation. Um, yeah. I love chatting with you. I love the work you're doing. So thank you for having this platform. For sure, man. For sure. I know the first thing you're like, oh, I don't know, man. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? You're super dope, man. Uh, so um, thank you again for making some time, man. So um, let's start off, man, just sharing a little bit about your background, where you're from. Uh, I know at first I was listening to that little accent. So maybe tell the folks where you come from and a little bit about your story. Of course, of course. So I'm originally from uh, Southern Louisiana. So down south, country boy, uh, White Castle, Louisiana. I love putting my little town on the map. Mm -hmm. Twelve hundred people. Ninety nine percent are probably my my cousins, but that's where, <laughs> that's where it all began for me, man. Humble beginnings, um, single single parent household. Uh, in terms of the you know that father figure piece, right? My grandfather. I actually called him daddy, right? Mm -hmm. My grandfather as my namesake, right? I'm billion. I'm named after my grandfather. Uh, just because he he was the goat, man. He, he was the goat. He taught me everything. So in terms of leadership, man, I grew up uh, under him, man. So just uh, being able to soak in as much wisdom as I can. Yeah, no, uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's but it's it was a long road to get from there to here. To be honest with you, man, it, it just because you know growing up in an area with limited resources, you know, there's many barriers put in put in place. Yeah, um, I, I made a joke. At a, at a work event or a work video that was shared on LinkedIn, I said, man, my auntie, she used to always, you know, say that uh, my mom and I weren't just poor, right? We couldn't even afford the last uh, OR, which is straight up, oh, oh. Right? <laughs> I, I laugh at that now. I'm like, hey, that wasn't right. But um, <laughs> but no, man, I'm, growing up, my mom, she instilled some, you know, some great um, fundamentals in me. So, you know, church and a library, right? She, she definitely... Yeah you know, um, brought it home that, you know, that these are things that are intangible, right? No matter where you are in life, no one can take that from you. So education was a big thing. She was a librarian. So I was mm -hmm. definitely um, at church three times a week, 
but also <laughs> at, the li- at the library um, yeah. other times. Um, you know, end up going to LSU, Louisiana State University on a full ride, thank God. And, and that that's where my level of exposure, I think, really beca- began. It was my, you know, like I said, my my hometown, 1,200 people, right? It was an area that really wasn't diverse, right? Mm. So with 1,200 people, my graduating class being 25, uh, wow. going to a large university with north of 30,000 people, it was definitely, uh, it was a change for me. It mm. was a change. Uh, it was a mindset shift, right? Just being able to keep up, honestly. That first semester, I oh man, I, I did horrible in terms of my, my course load, but uh-huh. um, grew me, right? And certain organizations like NSBE, National Society of Black mm-hmm. Engineers, they started to pull me. Like I, I remember one time at a career fair, freshman year, I walked into a career fair, like Fortune 500. <laughs> I walked in there, a fitted hat, <laughs> and I had a long tee. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, man, dude, he, he, he grabbed me. Like mm. he didn't even know me. Like he just said, come here, like just straight up and grab me. Mm. Took the hat off, made me tuck my shirt in. I said, man, I could just leave. Mm-hmm. He's like, nah, fam, now um, you're gonna talk to these companies. Cause you mm. know, you're here um, being in these type of events, right? It's all about getting the job. So yeah. um, that, that stuck, man, that stuck to me. That's why I ended up, you know, becoming a huge advocate and getting really engaged in student organizations. Yeah. So a few others and, and, and eventually getting a leadership spot in Nesby. Yeah. Um, but after a few years of doing things like that, getting involved with internships, entrepreneurship, I um, I got my first job and I moved to Salt Lake City, Utah. Again, completely different, completely opposite of the culture in Louisiana. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, it was a good time. Right. Um, solid time. Most beautiful place on earth. Great, uh, great mountain views. And I, after a year and a half there working for an investment bank on the engineering side, I, oh yeah, I studied engineering for, for those who didn't know. I, I wanted something that was customer facing because I was enjoying my role. I was doing, you know, computer work, coding and whatnot, but I didn't get a chance to actually make an impact to the business. Mm. So I'm like, how can I have more of an impact? I'm like, well, I, I need to talk to people. So mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to really engage and talk to others outside of, you know, my partner left and right um, in that cubicle. So I, I, that's, that's how I, I ended up moving west, man. So I ended up in California. So mm-hmm. became a consultant with IBM and it was phenomenal. It was, man, it, it, it was great. It was a great four years. I worked on tons of projects. They, yeah they gave me more exposure that I was looking for, right? So in terms of running projects in different countries, the Philippines, Costa Rica, mm. and it's just, again, it's just blessings. I'm like, man. And the crazy part is all of these internships and jobs that I've had so far, I've never been qualified. Mm. I've never been qualified. So it's not me in terms yeah. of like, I made it happen now, man. It's yeah. all God that made that happen, right? Yeah. So like I'm preparing and I'm okay to accept no, but it's 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 been God that's been able to you know uh, push me forward and in, in all of these things because in terms of the GPA requirements, I didn't graduate with a three O, mm-hmm. right? I've never had a three O, but <laughs> right. I I know that's I know for some it's like oh man you know you're a slacker like no I mean that was just the reality of it right? right I consistently right. had 
you know, B's and C's. Engineering is difficult, right? Right. Engineering is extremely difficult, but, you know, God made a way, man. But I was also willing to mm. get the door slapped in my face. I, I remember doing like multiple interviews with Boeing, Microsoft, Google, mm. all the companies, nose, nose, nose. I remember going to a, at a con- another convention or career fair. I walked up to Ford and first question he asked me, what's your GPA? He said, don't mm. waste time, go, go ahead. Mm. That, that hurt. That hurt. Wow. <laughs> that hurt me. From, but that from the jump. From the jump. And that kept happening for years. That mm. kept happening. I applied to like uh, on-campus uh, research positions, other like Georgia Tech. I did a whole tour of Georgia Tech. Like, okay, let me do, a re- do some research for the summer. Mm-hmm. Denied. It just kept getting denied. Wow. But just kept pushing, man. And doors eventually started to open. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for, for that. Wow. So, yeah, that's how, that's how I'm here. That's how I made it to California. And, you know, the, over the last year, I decided to leave consulting and try something new, something small. So mm-hmm. now I'm working as a sales engineer for a tech startup uh, based out of San Francisco. Uh, we're focused on you know, what's called Trey.io, and we're for, focused on general automation. So now mm-hmm. I'm in a really cool space, getting a chance to talk with CEOs, CEOs, CTOs, like on a daily basis and giving a chance to hear their business processes and how they want to take the, the company in terms of scale. And, yeah. and I'm just being there to support, man. So in terms of, that that goal, remember that goal of me having an impact and mm-hmm. actually being customer facing and helping um, um, businesses, right? That's oh man, it's it, it's it's helped me a lot. So I'm hoping to use all of this, right, and be able to give back to my town. That's the end goal for me. Yeah. I have to give back to my town. That's it. That's yeah. what it's all about. White Castle yeah. burns, you know, burns in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how I got here. That's how I got here. <laughs> that's awesome. Shout out to White Castle, man. Yeah, man. Uh, got- uh, I, I, I'm going to bring it back to, to Trey and your experience there, sure. um, but I, I really want to hone in on uh, what you had mentioned about not being qualified and, and um, yeah. you know, going to, you know, getting the door slapped in your face, right? And hearing all these no's, because uh, I think for uh, a lot of people that listen or, you know, for the demographics, and I think even beforehand, um, as I, we were kind of planning this, the workforce and the world in front of us is changing right before our eyes. It is. Right. And, and how we used to think, especially as we're thinking about, you know, going to college the traditional way, get your degree, get your job. Right. And it has been changing for a while, but now it's, I think it's just accelerated in a major way. Right. In the last two years with COVID, people going remote, people leaving their jobs. Right. Because there's opportunities, yeah. new opportunities, uh, which I get excited about. Yeah. Um, and and I know you are, too, as I can I can tell. But um, I'm curious to, to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, because you mentioned so many transitions already and kind of where yeah. you are now. Um, what are your thoughts on this, the, the current change of the workforce and, and how is that maybe a good thing for those that are feel stuck or maybe they don't feel that they're qualified um, where they're at right now? Yeah, uh, I think so before even diving into my answer, keep shooting your shot. That, mm. That's really what it is, right? Just literally keep shooting your shot and, uh, and do apply for things that you, you know, where you may not cross every single box. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when HR or the hiring managers, when they're writing those, uh, those hiring docs or whatever, with all the requirements and must-haves, they're just copying and pasting that. <laughs> from, you, know, you know, some internal, you know, this is a good list. This is our, our right. ideal candidate. But in reality, what they define as ideal 
I, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a reality. It's like it, mm-hmm. that, that one, that one set of uh, requirements might literally be three people combined. Mm. That's the truth. So don't let that stop you, right? What, um, apply to everything and anything. It's not costing you anything. It literally doesn't cost you a thing. Just, you know, just some time, right? And, and if you can get the, in, um, the interview, right, you're going to learn more about the company. You're going to get a chance to learn more about that industry. So it, it can help you. So let's say, you know, worst case, um, temporarily, they say, not right now. You're not a good fit, mm-hmm. right? But you had a chance to make and build a relationship with that company and with someone in that HR team. That's valuable. Stay in mm-hmm. contact with them, right? Stay in contact with them on LinkedIn. Maybe mm-hmm. hit them up in a few weeks or a few months and ask for feedback, right? So, okay, I, I know I wasn't considered for this role, wasn't an ideal fit, but what does that mean? What can make me more competitive? Mm-hmm. And now you're right. Things have definitely changed a bit for the better. Um, I have friends who do sit within HR at Fortune 500 companies, and they were excited for this change because they were already having um, a hard time filling certain roles. Mm-hmm. So now they're looking, you know, California companies are looking in areas in the South, in Houston, in Louisiana, you know, sadly, mm-hmm. right? Um, states like Louisiana or Mississippi, Alabama, were always passed over. Always right. over. So now that that tech, you know, those tech roles, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's um, let's say entry level sale, uh, tech sales roles, sales development rep, or maybe a customer success rep, those type of roles are now easily proliferating throughout the South, and and now we're, we're starting to see, oh man, we're starting to see a huge shift now, a huge yes. shift, like letting people know that there's options, there's options out there. Now, how do you how do you get it? Because there's sadly, right? Uh, there's other there's areas in the U.S. or the world where they may not know about these jobs. Mm-hmm. They may not know that remote work is even a thing, right? Um, and I, I think we can all chunk all that up to this whole digital divide. There's a huge digital divide, mm-hmm. right? Some of us grew up with Chromebooks, MacBooks, <laughs> right? And in reality, folks like me, we didn't, right? We, we didn't, right? The, you know, um, my access to a computer was definitely at the library, mm-hmm. which is good, right? That's why I'm a huge advocate of the library. I'm a huge advocate of getting our taxpayers' dollars worth. So utilizing every resource that our library has to offer is, is, is key. But if, we, if someone doesn't have access to the internet or a computer in their home, how, how would they even know uh, about certain, you know, certain tools or available resources mm-hmm. online to even hone that skill set because it is a right. skill set. Let's be honest, right? Yeah, sure. sure. We're, we're skilled now in the secondhand hand nature to know things like <laughs> Command C, right? <laughs> right. Shortcuts on the keyboard, but there there was a time we didn't know what a shortcut was. We didn't know how to write a formula in Excel. Like that's the reality. Now Excel, like, what do you mean you don't know Excel? Like that's just it's table stakes. <laughs> It's it's sad that it is, you know, I, yeah. I know, people, you know, I'll, I do a lot of uh, resume reviews and folks are like, should I put this on my resume? I'm like, I mean, dang, this isn't early 2000s anymore. If you need to, <laughs> but I'm, yeah. I'm encouraging my friends these days to learn if they can, right? If they have the technical acumen um, to learn Tableau, right? I'm not even starting mm. heavy coding. I'm not starting with Python. <laughs> I'm not starting with SQL because everybody's, you know, not going to vibe with that 
But if you can at least learn how to uh, visualize data mm-hmm. that was given to you, that's going to put you up there. That's going to give you lots of opportunities. Can you so, share a little bit about what is for people maybe like me that don't know what Tableau is? Can yeah, you share maybe a little bit of what that sure, is? Sure, man. So Tableau is a it's a business intelligence tool, or should I just say a data visualization tool? That's all it is, right? So in Excel, you need you had all your 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 data in rows there, and you you'll select the data that you want to convert into a chart mm. or or pie, you know, pie chart, bar graph, or whatever. And um, Tableau, oh man, it's like Excel on steroids from a charting um, <laughs> perspective, right? So I just, it's just, that's just one example, man. And there's yeah. free trainings out there. Um, there's lots of things you can do on YouTube um, that people can just watch some videos on, kind of yeah. get some knowledge on it. And yeah. there's roles out there that like customer success um, that they can get and just really get the bag without a college degree. That's the reality yeah. of it now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think this is one of those things that uh, you're right, the digital divide, but the opportunity for, you know, the access that we have now compared to, again, maybe for those yeah. that can date us back to the, the fitted hats and the long tees, you know, we, we didn't have it like that, uh, you know, with, yeah. with the iPhones and everything, but uh, we're in a place now where we have so much access and a lot of the times they are free. Uh, there are some things that will cost, uh, but I yeah. think that's the next level of investment that people are willing to take for themselves, for their careers and personal I, lives. And dude, um, you bring up a good point when you say investment, right? I, I'm I'm a big investment guy. Oh yeah. I, uh-huh. But, oh my goodness, you think about how much a degree costs. Let's be real. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about it. Let's go. Oh my <laughs> boy. So, a degree, a degree uh-huh. can cost anywhere from an undergraduate can cost anywhere from 30000 to 100000 Depends mm-hmm. on if it's public or private and all that good stuff. So to pay, let's say, I don't know, use a, I mean, it's, you pay 80000 60 to seven, and 80000 for a four-year degree, and you come out of school and you're making forty or 50000 in some areas. I know California can be a little bit different, <laughs> right. but you know, across the U.S., man, forty or 50000 that's what the starting pay is. Or in some areas like Louisiana, 50000 is, you know, that's like, that could be top pay for certain, mm-hmm. um, certain folks. So it's like, man, the investment, you know, <laughs> doesn't really, doesn't really uh, match up there, um, sadly. So, but if you can pay, well, certainly, let's say zero, free, YouTube, Mm-hmm. Uh, Google University and, and learn, <laughs> or actually go go through a let's say a technical boot camp mm-hmm. or a sales boot camp. There's so many boot camps out there that yeah. start as low as I don't know a hundred dollars. There's so many courses on Udemy that go as low as twenty dollars, mm-hmm. where someone who is considered an export expert in the industry and there's many gurus out there, but right, uh, right. who who has more knowledge than you do, right? So yeah. sure, anyone has more knowledge than me, yep, you're an expert. So I get that knowledge and all right, anyway, we both experts. But, yeah. you know, um, it, it's a lot out there that you can do, man, to to make a better investment, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to keep, maybe uh, just on the, to- on the topic of investment, because I know the last time that we sat down, I think maybe that had been the, first or second time that we actually met in person, yeah. uh, which was a great conversation that you had talked about these entrepreneurial uh, kind of 
uh, endeavors and, and things yeah. that you were kind of forecasting for yourself and the and the, some of the mentors, right? Not, you talking, they were talking about buying businesses. They not not yeah. not just like yeah. you know a house yeah. or businesses, yeah. and that was like a whole different level of exposure for me yeah. uh, to to kind of hear that. So I'm curious to hear more about um, what what does it mean for? I know we can talk, of course, financial investment. We've already talked about yeah. kind of the yeah. education piece, yeah. but you know, why is investing, at least to you, why is that so important? And yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> it, no, it, it's important. And I think we can start this conversation talking about generational wealth. There we go. Um, man, it, generational wealth, is in, it's important because assets that one acquires in one, literally one lifetime can make 10 times that uh, much of an impact to the next generation. Mm. Right? Who wants to start at zero? Nobody. Some folks are starting at negative 10. Mm. Some people are like literally, you know, having to, like, you know, no offense, I understand it happens, but some, you know, there's many folks who are having to bear the weight of their own family. Like, you know, like even if, even with a college degree, sure. right, you know, family, you know, depends on them. And, and I get it. It happens, you know, but, um, that's that's not a good example of generational wealth where mm. you're graduated, you have to, but you have all this responsibility from your from your parents. Now you have to pay, you know, tons of bills and whatnot. Uh, if you have to do it, I understand it, but I think in improving or, or providing a healthy generational um, wealth scenario, what it will look like is life insurance, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know, man. It's yeah, like I'm just gonna say life insurance, right? I'm not gonna go too deep into that just because it's something that's important. Um we've all been in a situation where we've had to contribute to someone's funeral costs. That yeah. shouldn't it should be that way. And what's interesting also there though is that's not the that's not the whole purpose of life insurance. Mm. The purpose of life insurance is to ensure that not just funeral costs are paid, but it's to make sure that all of those other burdens financial mm-hmm. burdens that uh that were in that house or family that they're taking care of right, right. so let's say a husband and wife that you know they have kids um let's say the the wife is the breadwinner she's she's making you know she's making the money for the family and something happens mm-hmm. so if her income is now replaced overnight what happens right they you know they could become you know homeless sadly right So that's where life insurance comes into play. That's why having a policy that's large enough to immediately pay off the mortgage, house Mm. immediately pay, you know, pay for the, I don't know, uh, maybe those two kids college funds. Right. So those type of things that you are already working towards can immediately be taken care of in the event of a death. So that's that now past life insurance past. If you have a job with 401ks and, and preparing for retirement, cool. What about everything before that? What about life before 65? What are your options? You brought up, uh, yep, stocks, bonds, that's all good. But then there's entrepreneurship. This is where Mm -hmm. equity comes into play. Mm. Equity being able to own something. Now, there's multiple ways to achieve equity. You can work, you know, some of these tech companies, and you can can work for your equity. Um, You can get option grants if it's a startup, right, where... You know, usually four years. If you stay there for four years, you get X amount of shares in the company. So you have some upside there if the company um, files for IPO in the future, right? But you're working for it. 
Um, in addition to that, let's say in a publicly traded company like a, um, I don't know, a Google or something like that, or Facebook, you're going to get um, RSU. So this is just a different form of stock now in the company. So mm -hmm. you know, it incentivize you to just hold it, right? Stay there as long as you can. Keep getting those shares because you know the company is continually to grow, and you know you can contribute. You can get your wealth that way. Now, mm -hmm. other forms of equity, which isn't really talked about it's small business, right? Small business are, are just um, lower middle market businesses, right? So these are your mom and pop shops. These are your franchise owners, right? Mm -hmm. um, these folks, you know, they're not really talked about. It's not really sexy, but they're making <laughs> way more money, right? And have way more equity in that than folks with four-year degrees from Harvard, right? Mm -hmm. Folks who went to Berkeley, right? <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's the truth, man. Um, so landscaping companies, they might do a few million a year, no lie, mm. a few million a year because they are, you know, their clients are HOA, you know, HOAs, right? Or maybe mm -hmm. it's um, shopping centers. So mom and pop businesses, maybe what a few owners, couple staff members making one or two million a year and mm -hmm. they have 100% equity in that. So a couple years down the line, if they say, hey, I'm, I'm done with this. And I really don't want to do this anymore. They sell the business. They sell mm -hmm. that. You don't just sell that business, right? Uh, for what what you're making, you sell it at a multiple, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it's it's an investment, right? You sell it at a multiple, um, and so who's ever buying it? They, they may buy it for two x, three x, four x, five x, whatever it, it is in the market. And that's where this windfall of cash comes in, and that's the type of things we don't talk about is mm -hmm. being able to get into business to um to build this equity mm. now in our last conversation we talked about buying a business right so that yeah, example yeah. Is, you can start from scratch you can start day one all right i'm going to get one line more i'm going to get a i'm going to get some yards and eventually i'm going to get corporate accounts i'm mm. going to build this business cool you can do that that's fine but building a business from scratch there's oh man there's so many headaches involved <laughs> oh you gotta go through the right staff you gotta oh, yeah. somebody steal money it, so much is going to happen, right? But right. if you can literally buy an existing business, something that's been around for years, something that already has customers, right? Something that already has systems in place. Mm -hmm. So you literally just become the CEO or president overnight. And, and your, your, your goal now, one, keep the lights on. <laughs> keep the lights, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't mess it up. Don't change yeah. anything drastic. But from there, find ways to increase value in that business. This whole area is called ETA, entrepreneurship through acquisition. Not everybody's going to come up with the next Facebook. That's that's mm -hmm. that's the reality, right? And everybody right. wants to be a tech entrepreneur. Not everybody's going to start something from scratch or want mm -hmm. to deal with the headaches and money of being wasted in, in doing it. So buying something that's successful already, you're still an entrepreneur, right? Because mm -hmm. you're still working your vision. Maybe your vision is taking something that's already that's making, I don't know, a hundred thousand. Maybe it's a hair salon. And maybe you found a way to franchise that hair salon just because you, you found, you know, that uh, what's it uh was it sh was it shortcuts? What's the name of that? That, that oh, the the haircut place? Yeah. Supercuts? Like supercuts. You're like, okay, I, I don't like supercuts. I'm uh -huh. gonna you know, give my salon like uh -huh. something funky, something that's more relatable to the to the urban youth, right? Yeah. You're going to franchise that. So there's huge ups, upside and opportunity 
for those interested in ETA, mm-hmm. but it's something that's not really talked about. And yeah. I can dive deep. It's something that's not talked about at <laughs> all in our in black and brown communities yeah. at all. We all want to yeah. start something on our own. We all, wanna, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And yeah. you and you kind of and you answer a lot of. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask, yeah. uh, which I'm curious to, you know, if you have more on it, but uh, really it's this take on, you know, does everyone have what it takes to be an entrepreneur or should they be encouraged to be on, entrepreneurial in some way? Yeah. Uh, and I ask that again, because it goes back to not only even before the the whole getting into, into the pandemic, um, you know, there was definitely uh, a lot of these gurus that we've referenced, right? A lot of people, uh, you know, starting their academies and, and little online schools, but yeah. it just kind of exploded even more, right? Uh, uh, in the last couple of years, but and it, and it has done some good for a lot of folks that are you know really driven to like, all right, I see a side hustle opportunity, I see ways to maybe increase yeah. my income outside of my nine to five or my part time job. So, kind of bring it back to the question: Do you do you think everybody kind of has what it takes to be entrepreneur? How how, how do you define it? How do you see it uh, in your yeah. life, and how does it play out? Yeah, man. I I think for me, entrepreneur is someone who sees a problem in the market um, and brings a solution to that problem, right? The solution being a service or product, and they're able to, um, I'm not going to say monetize it, but they're able to operationalize it, mm-hmm. meaning they bring it to life. I saw a problem. I think I have a solution. I'm going to put some pieces together or work with folks to put these pieces together. And we're going to make it happen, right? We're going to grow it. We're going to have actual customers that, mm-hmm. that are benefiting from this product or service. Your, your question was, that can, every, can anybody be an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Um, in their own way, right? Um, even if it's a side hustle, that's still entrepreneurial, right? Um, I, I can't knock side hustles. That's where I started in the side hustles, uh, in side hustle space. Um, I've, I've done, Lord knows, most side hustles out there, especially in high school, like, you know, the whole selling candy type of thing. Uh-huh. Um, oh, selling science fair projects. We won't talk about that one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it, yeah. You know, hey, shout out to tailgate helpers. Oh, tailgate <laughs> helpers, man. Five years, five years it ran. But, uh, and that was a good example of like sp- seeing a need in the market. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I led tailgating for my fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, and it was a pain. Every mm-hmm. Saturday morning, getting up at like five in the morning to secure a spot and get all that together, the planning, making sure everybody has a good time and cleaning mm-hmm. up. But the second I realized that was a pain in the market, oh, yeah. there's an opportunity in the market. <laughs> so if I hate setting it up, Everybody, right. 200,000 plus people who attend a LSU tailgate wow. hate setting it up. So that's where the opportunity came for me. Um, and I think everybody has that moment. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has some type of business idea or pain that you see in your day to day. It's just, you know, most some people won't jump on it. Yeah. Right? Some people will just talk about it for years and, and um, try it. And, and I understand, right? Because, you know, there are some ventures take a lot of resources. It take a lot of risk. Some may actually require you to leave your day job mm-hmm. and spend a few years working on it full time. Yeah. And I think that's where your entrepreneurialism ism and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and your passion for that venture yeah. it has to meet. It has to meet it because the passion 
you're never going to go that extra mile to actually make that make that happen. Um, but no, side hustles there for everybody. <laughs> everybody yeah, not, has a side hustle, man. Yeah, I I agree, and I and I, I agree that uh, sentiment of like, you know, kind of waiting and talking about it. Um, you know, that that was part of my journey for this yeah. podcast. I think just always having this itch and you know being a, a podcast listener uh, and didn't think it was uh, that I could do it, but you know, yeah. as I was encouraged and got around people to say, hey, you got to just do the first one. And, and yeah. each one, you know, I was able to make it better. I saw the things differently of how I want to change it into a different direction and now have it as a platform to educate people. Right. And it's been amazing. Right. So I'm Sick. glad looking back. Right. And that, and that kind of leads me to the, the next question, as you talked about your experiences from the tailgate helpers or yeah. Uh, sell, selling science fair projects, as, as it sounds like. Uh, what in those in those experiences, and even from your your professional experiences leaving school. Yeah. Um, what What is something you wish someone had told you when it comes to leadership? Man, <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Um, you know, I think first of all, right? I think we we have to define what what is leadership. Right? What is leadership right. to me? Um, for me? Leadership is truly the ability to just set a great, great example, right? While embarking on change and mm -hmm. uh, working towards you know that common goal. And I think there's been many times, like even in tailgate helpers, I was managing my staff, but I wasn't leading mm -hmm. my staff, setting a good example. And I, I wish someone, I, I, that same guy from Nesby <laughs> who, yeah. who grabbed me. Yeah. You know, just grabbed me in that career fair. I, I really wish he was there in, in, in those years, man. Um, a great example. Yeah. I have one picture in my phone, right? So I, I ran it for five years. And for the last two years, I was out of state. I was living in, in Utah. And I flew back in town one uh, for one game to watch it. You know, I had managers there, but I wanted to, you know, watch the guys, see how they were doing. And I uh, ended up sitting in a tailgate chair and uh, the picture I took, I don't know, it was like me, like, ah, beautiful day here. The team is doing well. Man, I look back after that years, what was wrong with me? What kind of example did I set? <laughs> My team, I, they're out there busting their butt. Like, yeah. like it's physical labor. They're busting their yeah. butt. And I'm not out there being the first one. Mm. I'm not out there show, you know, showing other guys how to properly set up a tent. I'm not out there wiping these wiping the dust off the chairs i'm out there looking pretty <laughs> what? I don't, nah, leadership <laughs> isn't pretty leadership shouldn't mm. facts that's what it is man leadership yeah. shouldn't be pretty like yeah. so i i look i think about that all the time and it's it just it makes me sick man like being a leader isn't just being on a high throne and oh this is my thing that i built this is my bit <laughs> no man it's it's being there on the front line Mm. Right. You know, leaders eat last. That's that's the truth. Right. But actually. Like uh, expressing that, showing that to the team. Yeah. Right. Because um, that's that's what it's about for me, man. It's not just about dictating it, get something done. Um, and that's for any effort, any effort you're doing, not just a business, be yeah. team at work. It could be some sports team, but showing people, hey, we're going to get better. And but I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. how we can get better you know think of kobe man he practiced <laughs> before the practice <laughs> right mamba mentality man it, it's yeah man and it, it's he showed people right that 
what what leadership is and, I, and that's what yeah. it is setting an example so that's yeah. man man great i love that r.i.p kobe man shout out to kobe um i got this next two-part question here um uh, before before we get to my favorite segment uh okay. the lightning round um uh, but um the the question or the first question that i have is um you know now in your new role with trey uh trey yeah. io right yep um and all the outside of the outside of your your uh, uh nine to five um like what are you doing to still kind of level up in in terms of your own kind of entrepreneurial endeavors interests, things like that like are you reading books yeah. uh, what are you listening to who you connect what are ways that you're keeping yourself you know growing yeah. and developing in this season uh, so that's part one and okay. then i guess the part two is you know what is next for you what are those kind of things that you see yourself in the next few years yep. doing? Man, oh, okay. So what am I doing outside of work? You know, I honestly spend a lot of time um, talking with talking with friends or, uh, you know, friends back home, friends here, and, and just kind of tuning into what they're doing. I, I you know, so I don't think I'm really doing anything entrepreneurial. I, sure, I'm, in, you know, I invest, right? Um, real estate and whatnot, but I've been getting, a, a, I don't know, just a sense of um, joy and fulfillment out of helping my friends grow their businesses. Nice. So if there's any, uh, you know, friends within my media network that's, you know, that that's starting something or doing something, you know, I, I spend a good bit of time consulting them nice. just because I have the knowledge and it's just a blessing to be able to give back. So mm -hmm. again, right? That that's that's just what leadership is, right? Setting that example, just like, hey, you need it here. Like, let me be a servant. Let yeah. me be, you know. So that's that's what I'm doing a good bit of these days, man. Um, helping helping friends who started a venture or looking to scale a venture. That's awesome. Always open to a phone call if I can. Um, always looking to you know get involved with, um, you know, let's say high school mentorship or even. Mm -hmm. With mentorship, get involved mm -hmm. with those uh, with career days or whatnot, and yeah. that, that fulfills me, man. That, that truly yeah. fulfills me. But um, in terms of like books, oh goodness, I I, I do read a bit. Um, I do read a bit. I'm, I'm looking behind me here. Yeah, I, I see a library in the background. <laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 pretty it's pretty crazy. So one of the books I want to highlight. Is actually a Jim Clifton book from the the, the Gallup. I'm sure you've heard of a Gallup mm -hmm. stuff and whatnot, right? Yeah. So it's Born to Build. Mm. This was a solid book. So we we worked through this book in a community leadership um, session. So similar to the program that you were in with that mm -hmm. with your cohort, mm -hmm. I was something you know like that. A, uh, a few years ago when I lived in the Bay in Concord, California, you know, Concord. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So in Concord, California, there, uh, let's see, Chambers of Commerce put mm -hmm. on a, a program, right, for, for, for lead, up and coming leaders. And this is this is the, the material material that we worked from. And they had a yeah. trainer from um, Gallup as well. And man, this is this book was phenomenal because it really made you think about uh looking at problems in your area, right? Looking at problems in your local community and then being able to solve them, right? With innovative solutions. Now that can be a, through a nonprofit. It can mm -hmm. be a for-profit, right? 
um, but coming up with those solutions. And man, it was phenomenal. Uh, shout out to the the Concord members uh, <laughs> right. of commerce, man, um, for, for for at least giving us the opportunity to to do that. So this book, this book is great. It's a it's, it's not just a book where you read. There's mm-hmm. little there's a portions throughout the book to where you're gonna have to perform exercises. Dope. Yeah. Awesome. That's the best books, man. Forget the ones we just read through. No, man. <laughs> right. You gotta hey, interact so you, with the material, man. Hey, okay. Yeah, you just reflect on it. <laughs> no, I think in reflection to you, to that point, just like a, a I mean, it's so important. I feel like um even more recently, because at times you we can just go, go, go. Um, there is no time for the pausing and, and thinking and reflecting on good, bad, and things that, you know, really need to kind of just be in the moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah def- definitely appreciate that, that share. Um, but I want to move forward, man, to, to my favorite segment to kind of cap off this show, but I got to ask you the first question. Are you, are you ready for the lightning round? <laughs> Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I made it, I made it fun. These are Let's random questions that I did not share with you beforehand. So uh, first thing that comes it. to mind. All right, first one for you. Um, right. The best team in the SEC. <laughs> Come on, man! Louisiana State University. Okay, I just had to make sure. I had to. Okay, cool. We yeah. got that out of the way. All right, next one. Artist or song that is currently on repeat. <laughs> oh man, what artist or songs currently on repeat? Oh goodness, um, I'm going to say. Just because I was listening to them yesterday, uh, the Fugees. Fugees. Just because okay. I was listening to, yeah, yesterday. It's kind of running, was it the score album? But yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Something that most people wouldn't know about you. Man, I, um, let's see. Something that most people wouldn't know about me. I... I had so when I did have hair, I had huge aspirations of uh, of getting a jerry curl. I'm not kidding. Okay. So I said my grandfather. I had my grandfather, and I hung out with lots of older, like really older uh-huh. folks growing up. Yeah. So I, yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So I always wanted a jerry curl. Most people do not know that. Okay. Now they do. Next one. Uh, if you had a superpower, it would be. Man, just because I love to travel, I would love teleportation. That's a good one. Next one. Most used emoji icon. Oh, Lurk Eyes. Lurk Eyes. Oh, Lurk Eyes. Got you. That's a good one. Yeah, that's definitely (laughs) top five for me. Um, Random. What's your favorite carb? Bread, rice, pasta, or potatoes? Man, pasta all day. Pasta. Yeah, oh. you can't. Yeah. What am I talking about? This is the South. Okay. Pasta. Speaking of the South, perfect follow-up question. What's the one restaurant in Baton Rouge a visiting fan must visit? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to say um, Chimes. Chimes, Chimes. Uh, Bar and Grill. It's walking distance away from campus. So if you if you only, you know, you can stay near campus, go to Chimes, great pasta, um, good brunch and all that. But if you have a car and you're okay with going to other sides of town, mm. you make sure you find yourself in Tony's Seafood so you can grab yourself some mm. moon eggs. 
right? Some um, some boiled crawfish, boiled shrimp. Ooh. Oh man, and so, and the catfish Tony, which is two wow. pieces of, of fried catfish mm-hmm. with a nice huge scoop of etouffee. Wow. So just putting it out there. You just got all my foodies excited, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last couple questions here. Worst nickname given to you? <laughs> man. So first of all, my name is Villian. So that just right. kind of opens it up. Um, I love my name, <laughs> but at one point I didn't. Just <laughs> uh, So yeah, wor- worst name, I would say Villinger. Wow. And I thought I did it back because I know I butchered it the first time I met you. You had yeah. to correct me. <laughs> but it's all good. I got it back. Yeah. All right. I know you're a traveler. So a place you most want to travel to. Where I most want to? Correct. Oh, man. Um, my wife and I, shout out to my beautiful wife, almost one year married. Um, hey. We really want to go to Portugal. Lisbon. Nice. Lisbon, Portugal. So Lisbon. that's yeah. beautiful. All right, last two here. Uh, first one, biggest lesson you learned so far in 2022? 2022. Oh, man. Okay, I got you. It's okay to pay for things to save time. Love that. All right, last but not least, close this out. Every leader needs what? Guidance. There you go. Guidance. You heard it here from Villian Gomez. Thank you so much again, bro. I really appreciate your time and the value that you gave uh, for today's podcast. Um, continue to check us out. Uh, next podcast, got some more exciting guests. If you want to support, there's a link in the episode uh, where you can do that to support me and the rest of the podcast and all the content. Villian, thank you so much. We'll see you on the next Lead Up Podcast. All right, Peace. y'all. Y'all take it easy. Take care. <laughs>